God bless you and welcome to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast. We appreciate and welcome all of you, our listeners around the world. Stay tuned to hear an exciting word from the Lord. this um, chapter in Ezekiel, these dry bones, and I'm not going to say whether they're preaching um, biblically or not, but this is a topic that a lot of people talk about. All right, so, um, Ms. Stephanie, can you start with verse 1 and 2 for me? Yeah. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to the valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Okay, so um, the prof- this prophecy, the Lord came to him whenever he says, um, go back, says the hand of the Lord was upon me, or the he, or it says son of man, that means at the beginning of the prophecy. And this prophecy has no date, but it comes sometimes after 586. And the bones are the dead army. This bones is the whole community, the battlefield where where the bodies were left. Okay, um, continue to read. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Then he asked me, "Son of man, can these bones become a living people again?" O sovereign Lord, I replied, "You alone know the answer to that." Then he said to me. Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscle on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Right, stop right there. So in Ezekiel 37 and 2, we, as I stated before, this is the whole community, the battlefield of the dead Jews. So when they fought, and these are all the people. In 37 and 4, <coughs> here we go, God giving the gift of life. So let's go to Hebrews 4 and 12. For the word of, the Lord, of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. There it shows that not only does he penetrate, he's, he's a living God, but he, um, he penetrates even the joints and the marrow, right? Yeah. So we go to 1 Peter 1 and 23. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. So not only can God give life, he can bring life back, sustain life, and put it in your spirit. Glory. Now let's go to John 6 and 63. 
And I remind you guys that the reason why we're in Ezekiel, because John and um, Ezekiel have some similar <coughs> characteristics. Yes. The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit, and they are life. Now that is Jesus talking. Talking. Jesus is stating who he is. Only God can give life. Amen. What he did with Adam, he blew air into Adam. He gave him breath. He is the only one that can sustain life, grant life, take life away, and bring it back again. Amen. Amen. Yes. And then in 37, 6 through 7, it talks about the tendons, the flesh, the skin, and the breath. So not only what we usually see is some, somebody has been dead and we, they resurrect them. But the only other time that we talk about this is in um, Genesis when we talk about Adam being um, put together, being formed by. So these dry bones, God is telling Ezekiel to breathe life on my command. And, I'm a, and, and these bones shall be put, skin shall be put on it, flesh and skin, and they shall be living creatures. Now, mind you, this is a vision. Okay? Go read verse 8 for me, um, Miss Stephanie. Verse 8, mm -hmm. then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. He can only give the order that God told him to give. Mm -hmm. The only person that can give breath and give life is God himself, right? Mm -hmm. Let's go to Genesis 2 and 7. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. It didn't say that God used a surrogate. It didn't say that God used um, a bird. It said that God breathed life into Adam. Right. And so even if Ezekiel gave the command, the only person that can give life, mm -hmm. he can form the man by God's order, but the only person that can give life is God himself. That's right. That's right. Or Jesus. That's right. And the Holy Spirit all in one. That's right. Okay? Amen. All right. And go to verse 9, Miss um, Stephanie. Okay. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. The wind on the better um, on the battlefield. <coughs> um, pronounced ru ruha, R U A H. That means wind, breath, and spirit. Amen. And if we go, let's go to John three, verses five through eight. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Right? Amen. And you should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear a sound, but you cannot tell it where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. Um, do me a favor, Miss um, Miss Stephanie. Read all the way from ten to fourteen. So I spoke the message as he commanded me. 
And breath came into their bodies, and all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, We have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation, our nation is finished. Therefore, um, prophesy to let them and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. O oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O oh, my people, you will know that I am Lord. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done <clears throat> what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Hallelujah. Amen. So in 37 11, it says, they said, all my, all my hope is gone. We mm -hmm. cut off. Mm -hmm. He says, he said to me, son of man, the bones are the whole house of Israel. And they say, our bones are dried up. <coughs> our hope is gone. We are cut off. So they feel the implication of what they've done. Mm -hmm. And now they like, I don't have no hope. We dead. We dry. Ain't nothing, nothing we can do. Everything has been taken away from us. And what God says. <laughs> Therefore, Papa said, This is what the sovereign Lord says, Oh, my people, I'm going to open up your graves and bring you up from them, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Yes. So he puts hope back into them. Hallelujah. Where he should have just left them there. Now, let's look at the implication. You know, this battlefield is full of bones, right? Right. This is disgraceful. Because the Jews, because we know that Jews are supposed to be buried immediately. So for the bones, that they weren't just bones. They, they were left. Nobody was there to bury them. So vultures and all type of insects, animals have picked these bodies to pieces. And it's nothing but dry bones. So they didn't even get the honor of being buried the way they're supposed to be. In the Jewish culture, you don't stay out. They don't sit and wait. You instantly get buried. And so this is a disgrace. No, remember, he said it in Ezekiel earlier. When not going to be nobody mourning for your deaths. Yeah. When yeah. nobody going to be putting on black and, and putting on the dust and, and stuff they have to do to mourn. When nobody going to do that? It's just going to be these dry bones. Okay? Let's go to Deuteronomy 28. But even, even in this scripture, in, in 37, grace is sitting there. Because he says, even though I should have left you there, I'm going to bring you back. Glory! I should have left you right there in your mess. But despite all of it, I'm going to bring you back. Yes, he will. Deuteronomy 28, 25 through 26. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You will come at them from one direction, but flee from them in seven. And you will become a thing of horror to all of the kingdoms on the earth. Your carcasses will be food for all the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and there will be there will no um I'm sorry there will be no one to frighten them away. The Lord will afflict you with the boils of Egypt and with the tumors, festering sores, and the itch, and from which you cannot be cured. The Lord will afflict you with madness, blindness, and confusion of mind, and malady. Um, may that you will grow about like a bird, a blind man in the dark. Now, of course, this is back in Deuteronomy, but this is the curses for disobedience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So that exactly happened to the Jews. Yeah. And when the Ezekiel was coming out, yeah. what happened when the Nebuchadnezzar came, this is exactly what happened. The curse for disobedience. So God's word is still true. And they must, nobody was preaching the word because they forgot that this could happen. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So when nobody preaches the word, rebellion Somebody sets in. I get the front chair. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Because if nobody preaches the word, the natural state of man is to use rebellion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when nobody is preaching, and that means there's not nobody to warn them. Because remember, all the priests and the people, the, the gatekeepers, the shepherds, weren't watching their sheep. So they didn't they didn't remind their sheep right. of what they were not supposed to do. So if if the people who tell you what to do ain't doing what they're supposed to do, then who you know, what does that say? Who's watching the nut house? Because right. it Ain't nobody, ain't no, ain't no um, warden to watch them, right? Right. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's go to uh, Jeremiah thirty-four and twenty. Miss Stacy, can you read that for me, please? Mm -hmm. Okay. Jeremiah 34 and 20, and it reads, And I will give them into the land of their enemies and into the hand of those who seek their lives. Their dead bodies shall be food for the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth. So this is during Zedekiah's time. And Jeremiah is prophesying the same thing that Ezekiel is prophesying. So, in the middle of your um, handout, um, it talks about transporting. So, if we we understand that the first time he was Ezekiel was transported was to the canal by the discouraged exile. That was in chapter three. Okay, so that's he's that's the first place he was teleported to. Miss Stephanie, you got me in the middle of page one. There's like a box and then it says transported. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the first time in chapter three, since you weren't here, they took the canal. They were taken um, to the canal by the discouraged exile. And I gave you the scripture. Okay. Mm -hmm. It would be nice if I spelled. I did spell that. Then in chapter eight, he was transported to Jerusalem. Then again, in chapter 11, 1, and chapter 24, he's in the temple in, and in Babylon. That's when he saw all those creatures and things. Mm -hmm. And now, he's being transported to the battlefield with the bombs. Okay. So he, he mind you, he's being transported, but he's not physically going anywhere. Right. Okay? That's why I said transported or teleported, but that's not a word that does exist during that time. Okay? All right. All right, let's go back to Ezekiel 37, verse 15. Miss Stephanie, can you pick up that for me? Yeah. Again, a message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, take a piece of wood and carve it 
carve on it these words. This represents Judah and its allied tribes. Then take another piece and carve these words on it. This represents Ephraim and the northern tribes of Israel. Now hold them together in your hand as if they were one piece of wood. When your people ask... Stop there. Okay. Okay. So this the stick. This is his last symbolic act. Ezekiel's last symbolic act involving material objects. Okay. Okay. So this is the last time he's gonna he gonna be uh taking things and and making stuff, putting blue uh what's that thing? He had the iron thing. The last objects. These two sticks, which in reality, if you look at the handouts, are two scabs. Okay. Now, for those who I'm gonna do a refresher. Judah, which is on the south, <coughs> that's the house of Benjamin and the house of Judah, right? Mm -hmm. And then on Joseph, Ephraim's side, which is north, that's on the um, that's Asher, Dan, Ephraim, God. Look, it was a G A D. Gad. Thank you. Ish, Isker, Massa, Niftali. I might not pronounce it around. Reuben, Simon, and Zebulon. Those are the ten lost tribes of um, Israel, and we already know, we talked about this already, they weren't really lost, they were just integrated into uh, and, and other, um, other cultures, okay? So he's going to take these two sticks, he's going to write on them, and he's putting them together. And when you put two things together, what is that called? Join. Huh? Join. Yeah, unite, join, that's a union. The holy union, that's husband and wife, that's a union. <clears throat> Two separate things, they're putting them back together. Okay, if you look at the other handout, it has the kingdom and the exile timeline, and it talks about that this they were once unified already, but when Solomon died, the kingdom split in 931. And then the north went in captivity in 722, and that's when they started acting like the Assyrians because they got integrated and they started acting like um, worshiping idols. Okay? So now, this is, we've used this timeline before, but now you can now see that God is now taking what happened in 931 and fixing it. That's the prophecy is that they're going to become one. It's not going to be the north and south anymore. It's just going to be the house of Israel. Amen. Okay? okay? I thought we needed to have a little bit of refresher on what the ten tribes are because we talk about it, but do we really know it? And we've discussed it before, but for those who are um, new to the class, we um, need to do a refresher. Okay. Um, go ahead and read um, 18 from me, please. When your people, 18 through 23. Okay. When your people ask you what your actions mean, say to them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will take Ephraim and the northern tribes and join them to Judah. I will make them one piece of wood in my hand. Then hold out the pieces of wood you have inscribed so the people can see them. And give them this message from the Sovereign Lord. I will gather the people of Israel from among the nations. I will bring them home to their own land from the places where they have been scattered. I will unify them into one nation on the mountains of Israel. One king will rule them all. 
No longer will they be divided into two nations or into two kingdoms. They will never again pollute themselves with their idols and veil images of rebellion, for I will save them from <clears throat> their sinful apostasy, mm -hmm. and I will cleanse them, and they will truly be my people, and I will be their God. Amen. So he talked about this reunion, that he's going to reunify his people. Let's go to Zechariah 11 and 7. together one beauty and what was the other one you named bonds okay and so let's look up hold on Zechariah is a foreshadowing of the shepherd king if that's what the note said to ensure the divine favor of the flock the union and it referenced 30, Ezekiel 37 17 to uh, 15 to 28 such unity would be a result of a gracious leadership of a good shepherd and who is the good shepherd Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the good shepherd. Okay, let's go to Ezekiel 33 and 23. And let's, um, in, in, in 23 through 29. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, the people living in the ruins of the land of Israel were saying, Abraham was only one man, yet that possessed the land. But we are many, surely the land has been given to us. Therefore say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says, Since you eat meat with your blood. I'm going to go back. I'm gonna, that starts there. We've read that already, but I want to get to the point. Basically, is referring to um, the detestable things that they talked about in 37. But I'm going to keep on reading. Um, but we are surely the land is forgiven us. Therefore, say unto them, this is the sovereign Lord. Since you eat me with the blood, still is it. And look to your idols and shed blood, should you then possess the land. You rely on your sword, you do detestable things, each of the defiles and neighbors and white. Here, he's talking about what they did. But in 37, he says, despite what you did. 
I'm still going to save you. Thank you, Jesus. And you you became desolate. And 29 says, Then you will know that I am the Lord when I have made the land desolate waste uh, because of all the detestable things that you have done. Despite what you did, in 37, <coughs> he's saying, I'm still going to save you. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. So let's go to Jeremiah 3 and 18. Some say that this is a message of hope, but I still say this is a message of grace. And I think sometimes hope and grace are interchangeable, but in this instance, I really do see grace in all of it. <clears throat> 3 and 18. Jeremiah 3 and 18 says, In the days of the house of Judah will join the house of Israel, and together they will come from the northern land to the land I gave your forefathers as an inheritance. And I said to my, and I, I myself said, how gladly would I treat you like sons and give your desirable land the most beautiful inheritance of any land. I thought you would call me father and not turn away from following me. But like a woman, unfaithful to the husband, so you have been unfaithful, O house of Israel, declares the Lord. So he's going to, reun he's going to reunify the husband and wife or going to reconcile. Because we know that God is our husband and we are his what? Right. Correct. Let's go to Hosea 1 and 1. Give you a little, uh, it's after Ezekiel, I mean, it's after Daniel. And Daniel's after Ezekiel. The word of the Lord came to Hosea, son of Beer, during the reigns of Israel, Jotham, Azai, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the reign of Joban, and the son of Jahash, king of Israel. And when the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said, Go take yourself an, an adulterous wife and children of unfaithfulness, because the land is guilty of vilest adultery in departing from the, uh, the Lord. So he married Gomer. And this talks about the story of, if you keep on reading, it's talked about the, the, um, the story of Gomer, but the reason why it is, uh, it's a scripture that we need to think about is because we, the uh, Jews, the Jews were the adulterous wife. Remember, mm -hmm. we talked about that in a whole chapter, mm -hmm. how she slept with whoever she wanted to sleep with, she didn't get paid for it. Do we remember that? Yeah. And so they want, they, that's another example of God's grace, despite, you know, Anybody else, any other wife would have been stoned, right? Yeah. But because he loved her, and if you know, if you read the story of Gomer, he still had to keep her. Um, amen? amen? Even though she didn't deserve it. But sometimes you know what you're going to get before you get it. Let's go to Amos 9 and 11. Israel's restoration. I'll give you a second to get to it. Amos 9 and 11. Let me know when you get to it. Is everybody there? Mm -hmm. In the day I will restore David's fallen tent. And I will repair its broken places and restore its ruins. 
and build it as it used to be, so that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations that bear my name, declares the Lord, who will do these things. Amen. 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 So he Amen. said he's Amen. going to restore. Now you know that David is already gone, but mm -hmm. he, he's saying David, because this is the house of David. David everybody was unified under David. Mm -hmm. Everybody was unified under Solomon. But when Solomon died, everything crumbled. Okay? Let's go back to Ezekiel 37. And if you can read only verses 24 and 25. It's that. Okay. <clears throat> My servant David will be their king, and they will have only one shepherd. They will obey my regulations and be careful to keep my decrees. They will live in the land I gave my servant Jacob, the land where their ancestors lived. They and their children and their grandchildren after them will live there forever, generation after generation, and my servant David will be their prince forever. So, who's he talking about? Is he talking about David? No. Who's he talking about? Jesus. Jesus, right? Yes. So this is a foreshadowing of Jesus. Mm. Yes. And he said that he's going to, and we're going to live on the land that God gave Jacob, right? Mm -hmm. When his shepherd comes. So this theme of a good shepherd is once again coming up in Ezekiel. Right? Because when we talk about the illustration at the beginning of this chapter of 15, 37 and 15, we talk about these two staffs, these two sticks, right? And that's and that who holds staffs? Shepherds. Shepherds. Who else holds the staff in the Bible? Moses. Moses. Huh? Uh-huh. Who else? <coughs> who else? Thank you. Who else hold the staff? David. Oh, Wasn't he a sheep herder? Yes, he was. Oh, yeah. He didn't do what the woman was doing on Facebook singing. He wasn't singing and bringing them. He had a, a staff. He's a sheep herder. Right. <laughs> right? A shepherd. They had those to get those, those sheep out. Right. I saw an illustration on Facebook where the sheep got stuck in a hole in some grass, and the sheep herder pulled them out and, and directed them the right way. Because that's what shepherds supposed to do, protect this flock from yeah. dangerous situations. Mm -hmm. And so the princes and princesses and priests during this time did protect their flock from dangerous situations because if they hadn't been doing what they were supposed to do, God wouldn't have, God wouldn't have did what he did. Okay. So they allowed their sheep to get stuck in the hole and die. Mm. That's an illustration. But the shepherd that he's talking about in 24 and 25 will not allow his sheep to fall Amen. in a hole. He's going to dig them up, right? And save Amen. them, right? Okay. Can you read 26 through 28 from me? And I will make a covenant of peace with them, an everlasting covenant. I will give them their land and increase their numbers, and I will put my temple among them forever. I will make my home among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And when my temple is among them forever, the nations will know that I am the Lord who makes Israel holy. Amen. So let's talk about these covenants. We, we talk about these covenants and we, we kind of glossed over. So what I want to do right now is to talk about the covenants. Okay? 
The first covenant I want to talk about is the Noahic covenant. So let's go to Genesis 9 and 15. And Jeremy, can you read that, please? Simple of that is the rainbow, right? right? So that's the first. That's the one of one of the first covenants that God gave, and He gave it to Noah. So then the next covenant is, of course, the most famous one is the one with Abraham, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first one we're going to go to is um, Genesis seventeen and seven. Well, let's go to Genesis fifteen first. You can, if you go to Genesis 15, 9 to 21, we're not going to read all of it, but we're going to at least glance over it. Egypt to the great river Euphrates, 
the Canaanites, the Canaanites, the Catamanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Gergeshites, and the Zebusites. So he gave them all of that. Correct. Gave it all. Yes. Okay, let's go to Genesis. So he gave them the land. So that's one covenant. That's the land covenant, right? Right. Let's go to uh, Genesis 17 and 7. And I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations. Hold on, let me go. Let's go up to three. Abraham fell on his face down. I mean, Abram fell face down. And God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram, your name will be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations, and I will make you very fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you, and I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. So he promised Abraham in 17 and 7, well, 3 through 7, that he was going to make him a father of many nations. Amen? Amen. And then if you go down to verse 13, he says, Whether we're born in your household or bought with the money, they must be circumcised. My covenant is in your flesh, and it be everlasting covenant. And any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Mm -hmm. So he's saying in the flesh, you, just, you have to be circumcised in order to be part of God's, um, his covenant with Abraham. Then you go down to um, verse 19, and God says, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear a son, and you will call him Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him as everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. So he stated that Isaac will, will bear, um, he will continue on Abraham's covenant and he will form a covenant with him. Now we're going to talk about the Davidic covenant. Okay? And that is in Ezekiel 37, 25a. We talked about that already. But we can also find it in Ezekiel 23 and 5. So let's go to Ezekiel 25, um, 23 and 5. Twenty three and five. Mm -hmm. And I hope I didn't mess that down. Give me one second to make sure. I might have. Give me one second. I think I wrote it down wrong. Thank God for um grace. If I showed you wrong. Let's go to instead to um, 2 Samuel 7, 5 through 16. And Stacey, when you get there, can you start reading for me? What is that again? 2 Samuel. And now I see with the 20. Okay, I got it. 2 Samuel 7, 
5 through 16. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. In all places where I have moved with all the people of Israel, did I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people, Israel, saying, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. So he had made a covenant with David, telling that he would be great as well, right? Mm -hmm. So let's go to the um, new covenant. And let's go to the new covenant. It can be found in Jeremiah 32 and 40. And Miss Stephanie, when we get there, can you read that for me? stop doing good for them. I will put a desire in their hearts to worship me, and they will never leave me. Amen. My version says, I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them, and I will inspire them to fear me, so that they will never turn away from me. Amen. Amen. Now, it's, um, it's another covenant that I had never came upon. It's called Panias. I might be pronouncing it wrong. Let's go to Numbers. Can I just um, point out that just the changing of those words means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. The way yours is written, Stephanie. Yes. To, you know, Translation means a lot. Translation. Because when you, you can read something in one, <coughs> one um, translation and it changes the whole thing. Right. So, like, say, for instance, a lot of Old Testament scriptures, I remember them the way the Old, um, not Old Testament, mm -hmm. scriptures, um, the way the King James Version has. So mm -hmm. when I read it a different way, I can't receive it because I know it the way I've always learned it. Mm -hmm. And when sometimes when we have other people read, the interpretation of the point I'm trying to get is wholly different mm -hmm. than when they read it in their version. And so it's always good to have good, uh, multiple versions, but make sure that the version that you're reading doesn't take away from what you know what God is trying to say. You get I, I know it's supposed to help the understanding, but we don't want to take it away. Okay? Let's go to Numbers 25, 12 through 13. Therefore, tell you, tell him, let's go back. Let's go to 10. The Lord said to Moses. Phanias, son of Ezra, the son of Aaron, 
the priest, has turned my anger away from the Israelites, for he was as zealous as am I, as I for my honor among them, so that in my zeal I did not put an end to them. Therefore, tell him I am making my covenant of peace with him, and he and his descendants will have a covenant of lasting priesthood, because he was zealous for the honor of his God and made atonement for the Israelites. Amen? Mm -hmm. And then what we found in Ezekiel 37 and 26 was the covenant of peace. So let's go to Ezekiel 37 and 26 and read that again. And of course, if, for your reference, if he talks about that in Ezekiel 34, 22 to 25 as well. So now this is what, what's the name of the covenant in Numbers? <clears throat> Phineas. Phineas. I said I didn't know if I was pronouncing it right. P-H-I-N-E-H-A-U-S. And the last one we're going to talk about is peace. Amen. 37 and 26, it says, I will make a covenant of peace with them, and it will be an everlasting covenant. And I will establish them and increase their numbers, and I will put my sanctuary among them forever. So he's going to not only, in this, um, what Ezekiel is talking about in chapter 37, these dry bones are going to have life again. Yes. And not only is he going to keep all his other covenants that he kept with everybody else, now he's giving them a covenant of peace. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. And so, man, if you look at all the covenants that we talked about, God has kept his word on every covenant. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. He kept his word with Noah. He has not flooded the land to <clears> word. <throat> he wiped everybody out, correct? Amen. And we still have rainbows to this, to this day, right? Abraham is still the father of many nations, and his descendants are still here. Yeah. And that, and he promised them that land, and they will be on that. We will, his descendants will be on that land when God sees fit. They get that he will have from the David line. He would have, he would have um, fame, and out the David line is Jesus, right? Yeah. And then we talk about the new covenant. He talks about the new covenant um, in thirty-two and forty. He kept that new covenant. Um, and even with um, Phineas, because Phineas, sorry, um, he kept his covenant with them as well. Because in the remnant there was priest. Mm -hmm. Okay, because that person absolutely did the total opposite of what they did in thirty-seven. They proclaimed God's name. Remember, we talked about that in thirty-six. They proclaimed God's name. They allowed other people to do so. And he said, I'm doing this not because of you, it's because of my name. Amen. And in going back on that last covenant. He, they were supposed to die, but because he honored God and said, no, I'm going to have my zeal for God, he saved them because of him. So God made a covenant with him. Okay? And then this last one of peace. Well, who was the prince? Exactly. Who was the prince of peace? Jesus. So he's kept that covenant. So in 37, it's more than just these dry bones. <laughs> <laughs> These dry bones represent everlasting life. Amen. Mm -hmm. And the covenant that God gave us through Jesus. Thank there you. shall be a shepherd that reuni reunifies the Jews. This applied now. The, this um, prophecy applied only to the Jews as Ezekiel, but because Jesus um, that died and was born and was here, it applies to Gentiles as well. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. But the promise was that he was going to take both of them and reunify them. And because we are believers and we confess our sins and we and we believe that Jesus would die and was resurrected, now we get that covenant of peace. Mm 
yeah, as well. Yeah, peace with God. Right, yeah. because he's the king. He's the king of kings, and he is the king of peace. Right. Yeah. yeah. Prince of peace. Prince of and peace. the Lord of lords. Yeah. Okay. So thirty-seven is more than just those dry bones. Hallelujah. And he breathing life in those dry bones. Yeah. And you know. I'm being facetious because I've heard people talk about these dry bones, but I never knew what dry bones was until I started studying. You know, one thing that you have brought up about the breath of life into uh, those dry bones and, and God is the only one, and that goes with the scripture um, that, that people always say, calling things into existence as though they were, that's rock. Only God can do that. Mm -hmm. and you can't do that. And I know we say it, but we say it, if you read the scripture, it says, God who calls things into existence as though they were. Because he calls those bones into existence by Ruach, the breath of life. Yeah. We don't have that power. And even Ezekiel, they made a point. The, yeah. the, the bones didn't have no breath until the wind, the spirit occurred. Right. He Ezekiel, could form them, but he couldn't, yes. he couldn't make them alive. He can speak to those bones. Yeah. He can say, it's basically, it's a, it's a form without life. Mm -hmm. And without God breathing life in us, we are dead. So we can make things into the shape, but we can't bring things into existence. Correct. Mm -hmm. mm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Everything man-made breaks down. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. All kind of artificial life go right. But God is the only one that can create and continue to sustain and produce. Amen. 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 So that's chapter 37. Amen. Amen. I did not want to go into 38 because 38 is pretty big by itself. And so we follow the chapter 38 and 39 together. Because both Hello, this is Pastor Teacher Dr. James Sutton, and we are Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church, inviting you to come out and worship with us every Sunday at 8 a.m at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ building located at 2301 Wallace Avenue, Overland, Missouri, 63114. Our Bible studies are held every Tuesday at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. And if you miss the service and the Bible studies, you can listen at your leisure on any podcast platform of choice at Walk in Truth Radio. Please feel free to check us out on Facebook and see all the great ministries that we're doing around the world and in the local community. If you have any questions, please call me, the pastor, at 314-629-0024. Again, walk in truth. We're inviting all to come out and enjoy a great service with us. Leave your wallet at home and enjoy the service and worship in spirit and in truth. Multiply peace and grace to you.